your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to uh, Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. In the studio with me is Joella Striebel. She is, I want to do this, she is a Pregnancy Resource Center Manager. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she is, she's a Public Affairs, reg- she is the Public Affairs Regional Coordinator at Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin, and she's going to hang out this hour. Uh, mainly, you know what, I brought her in, I was like, hey, this thing that happened last week, a 14-week abortion ban, you kind of know about that, can you come on? And you're like, yes, but you know what, we can talk about so much more than just that. Because it kind of gets, I feel bad when I say stuff like this, it kind of gets old, talking about abortion, or not abortion, or Roe v. Wade, and um, it always seems to be the only real concrete thing that Democrats want to run on or I guess Republicans do, if you think about it like that, do you get frustrated with that? You know, as a, even as a a person, as a mother, as someone who works for Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin, or you're like, yes, this is the fight and this needs to be front and center all the time. I guess I'm now I'm really putting you on the spot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a both and right. I mean, yes, it's an important issue. It's, it's an issue that's been, Highly politicized, even though we know from polling and elections that it's actually not so much a partisan issue. Right. Um, but it is. It does tend to be framed that way. So it, it's in the news, and it's part of the work that Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin does. And so it, it is something that we talk about. Um, it's we're we're proud of all the services that Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin provides. Um, and that being said, there is a wide range of services, you know, healthcare services, um, education services, advocacy work. And so there's a lot of misconceptions. You know, Planned Parenthood gets sort of um, assumed to be that, like, Planned Parenthood you're an, equals You're abortion. an abortion clinic. Right. 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 And it, it, that and only that. Right. That, and, that is the bias. Or the, and is, there's a Planned Parenthood office here. There is. There's a health center in La Crosse. But it's not an abortion clinic. It is not. Correct. So there's like, oh, wait, well, then what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, so, well, we just bust people to the abortion clinic, obviously. <laughs> no, that's actually not it. So, right. you know, the we have um, 24 health centers across the state of Wisconsin, and three of those provide abortion care. Mm-hmm. And none of the ones that provide abortion care are in western Wisconsin. So... Um, the services that our healthcare centers provide are just the the full range of reproductive health care, whether that's preventative health care, um, STI testing and screening and treatment, uh, various medications, various uh, vaccines, um, cancer screenings. Uh, we can do early pregnancy dating and ultrasound and give referrals for prenatal care for folks who need that care. Um, so there's there's just a and the list is so long I can't even right. you know remember it all off the top of my head. Can men go there? Absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean I uh, You say I'll, cancer screenings and I you know there's a I mean cancer is it comes in a wide variety of, of things so I don't know if the, like all of this stuff is just female orientated. No, so yeah, our our health centers um the Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin health centers serve patients of all genders. Um STIs are not unique to to one gender or another. Um everybody can contract an STI. Um everybody can benefit from uh various, you know, vaccines um and, and the different testings and screenings that we do. So we do, it's not uncommon at all to walk into the health center in La Crosse and see a gentleman, you know, sitting in the waiting room. 
Uh, yeah, but he's just there waiting for his girlfriend wife. Usually, well, sometimes, but, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but not always. And um, we also, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin also provides gender-affirming hormone therapy. So trans and non-binary patients um, are, you know, frequent. It is funny because it's called Planned Parenthood. It's not called Planned Motherhood or Planned Womanhood. So right. like the, it, maybe it's a, you know, it, it seems Maybe it's not. I don't think it's a dumb question, but I think you guys just get linked to uh, women use you, mm-hmm. or or just like women who need abortions use you. But like, oh yeah, there's uh, other things here, and it's available for men as well and everyone else. Yeah, and one of the things that we're doing all the time is providing condoms to folks in the community, um, whether that's people who just come into our health center um, to receive condoms. Uh, we provide those to various organizations in the community who want to have them is it one of them deals where i just go in and go hmm gonna get lucky tonight can i have you sure can't you mean you wouldn't you wouldn't need to provide that much detail you could could just come in and and talk to you know one of the folks at the desk and say hey i heard i can get condoms from you is that true and they'll they'll get you all squared away what if i what if i just i don't know like if i if you worked at the front desk right and i knew just to make it a joke and like every day i came and got condom like every day for like a month straight be like okay you know you could take a couple at a time right yeah they'd, they'd probably catch on and uh it'd be funny more It'd than be funny. one at a time yeah right <laughs> 608-785-7914 is the text line joel streville is going to hang out this hour we're going to talk about she met with the governor last week not you personally just well indiv- did you meet individually with him or was it a bunch of people a, did you yeah, did you get to group. grill him on anything i i wouldn't say i grilled him yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have a soft spot for Governor Evers, so I'm pretty nice to him. But. Yeah, I mean, when I when I grilled him on the show, I asked him to define up north. So, you know, there's that. And then she has a, a training tomorrow, which we want to get into. It seems pretty interesting. And then she wants to talk a little bit about some other things, mammalian fetal development. Do you want to talk about that? I'm not an expert <laughs> yeah. in that. All right, we'll be back after that. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. In the studio with me is Joella Striebel. She is the Public Affairs Regional Coordinator for Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin, and the in the region would be Western Wisconsin. And she, do you sit in the office all day in Lacrosse, or do they let you like parade I, around? I, I get out a little bit. I okay. uh, I do a bit of work from home. I get most of my work is in the community. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm a community organizer, and so I, I get out in Lacrosse. I get out to Eau Claire. Those are the, the yeah. two places we have. Uh, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin has health centers in did, Western Wisconsin. Did you get so. to punch in last week and then drive to Eau Claire and meet the governor on the clock? Like, did they? I did. So that's cool. Um, cool. Okay, so the so the governor he loves coming to Western Wisconsin. He at, for a, for a while there he was coming to like he was coming to the Lacrosse area, whether it was on Alaska or Bangor or or Cashin, uh, Stoddard. He was coming there once a week, and there was a good like six eight week stretch where he was here every week. I was like, well, do you got an apartment here? And I know he was the superintendent and at Toma Schools and. Uh, I was like, it would be easier if you're just going to be here all the time to just, you know, maybe get a get a apartment or something. But, um, but he was in Eau Claire last week. So, what was and he had a roundtable with UW Eau Claire students. Yeah, so he uh, gave the state of the state address last week, Tuesday, um, and he made some commitments and announcements related to reproductive health. Okay. And so I should set this up a little bit. This is okay if we want to go way back. To 1849. Oh gosh, <laughs> the, the state did have a 175 year old, just basically a all out abortion ban, and then I guess we fought it in the courts and said, well, that wasn't they don't they didn't even really know what abortion was in 1849. I guess you can you could better explain this if you know. And then 
and then the the 20 week ban from the 80s was enacted just a couple of months ago right which kind of set off uh your ability to do more things there at Planned Parenthood and then Republicans last week proposed a 14 week abortion ban mm-hmm. which we could get into some sound clips that I have, which are kind of like eye popping or jaw dropping or just eye rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I brought up right before the break mammalian fetal development. That was literally said during the the one of the I guess talks from a state rep. But um, and then the governor after that had his last Thursday his state of the state address in which again. He, one of the big things, and in fact, after the State of the State address, that was the only clip I saw, was his protection of abortion rights, which to me, again, is like, okay, we get it, and also, like, what else? But all the news organizations just grabbed that, so it's kind of our fault a little bit, but also, it it still is a big issue. And there was more, actually, than, so, so... Governor Evers, you know, has a strong commitment to protect, protecting reproductive health um, for Wisconsinites, and so he has committed to vetoing any legislation that would further limit access to abortion. But that's one of several things that he did, which is that he also um, expanded access to uh, oral contraceptive birth control pills, including emergency contraceptive for folks who are on Badger Care, so that um, people can receive that medication when they need it and they at no cost. Um, so they, you can go to a pharmacy, um, receive emergency contraception and get that anytime. And so, um, that was one of the, the parts of that. And then also working to expand, um, postpartum healthcare coverage. So after a person gives birth, whoa, 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 we're helping people after they give birth. I know it's wild. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the the current state of things is that if you have Badger Care and you are pregnant, that care um, or that coverage, I should say, lasts sixty days past when you give birth. Mm-hmm. And at I don't, that at that point, then the baby is fine; it can live on its own. And well, and this is the <laughs> the care for the person who gave birth. Right. Um, but I okay, don't yeah. know how many times you've given birth, but. Um, I've had two cesarean sections and you're not even fully recovered. That's a major abdominal surgery yeah. and you're not fully recovered, you know, 60 days later, there's sure. still a lot that's healing in your body. There's, um, you know, postpartum mental health challenges that can come up far beyond that 60 days. And so governor Evers is, is working to expand that coverage to a year, um, so that people have that time to, to heal, to right. recover and to make sure like everything's you know, taken care of. So yeah, the, the 60 day window, but there's a lot of stuff physically going on with you, especially after a C-section. Right. And then Mm -hmm. also probably depending on who the person is, but mostly everybody, a a mother is going to have some mental things going on with, with that, that, that are beyond my scope of being able to, to, but you can, you could talk about it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think uh, we don't have to go super in depth, but I think it's pretty well known now that like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety are very common, you know, things that people experience. And, you know, there's not a ton of support. You know, a lot of people um, after they give birth, you know, they're they consider themselves. I considered myself fortunate. My husband was able to be home with me for two weeks, you know, after after the, the birth of our youngest. And. Um, that was like, wow, this is so great that I have an extra set of hands for our toddler, you know, for two whole weeks. <laughs> while you're I'm, trying to recover while from I'm surgery. from a major abdominal surgery. And, and even if you didn't have surgery, and, right. it's probably a recovery period of time from having a baby the quote unquote regular way, right? Right. <laughs> right. And so, you know, people are in a position of, you know, potentially 
caring for more than one child while also trying to like make these postpartum doctor appointments and then get to them. And so there's, there's a lot of stress, you know, it's, it's a stressful life transition. Um, and particularly for folks who don't have support. Mm -hmm. Sounds like the husband's a real hero in all of this. (laughs) (laughs) It's the man's role. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So, so back to it. So governor Evers had a round table and that was a big part of this discussion. Yeah, so he wanted to talk with students just about um, how how this would impact them. And it was really interesting to hear. It was, you know, first of all, Eau Claire wasn't actually back in school yet uh, last week. So um, the fact that we had students willing to, like, come onto campus when they didn't have to be there yet to, to meet with the governor and participate in that conversation was really cool. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a few years removed from uh, the college crowd. And so it, it was really interesting to hear perspectives. There was a, a young person who um, uh, works in like the resident hall, an RA, I think. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what yeah, that's RN, R, not RN, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, like a resident, uh, anyway. That guy at the end of the hall the, that yells at you when you're drinking <laughs> beer. Right. Like, don't let him catch us with the beer. Right. And so, you know, so they were saying that, um, you know, they have a health center on campus, but that he- that offers emergency contraception. However, you know, it costs, I think it was $25, and that's not open 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And so they have people who maybe, you know, uh, had something happen on a Friday night. The next day they're looking for emergency contraception, and they're like, now we know where to tell them where to go. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was really cool to to hear their perspectives and how these these changes impact young folks. You know, and then just it was a cool opportunity for them. I, when I was that age, I was not sitting at a table with a governor, uh, you know, having the opportunity to express my opinion about things. So, um, you know, Governor Evers really tries to, I believe, you know, listen to to people in Wisconsin and, and hear our perspectives and act accordingly. So what kind of things did you did, did you throw at him that that and then, you know, what kind of answers he come back with? Well, it was really, it was a roundtable discussion, so it wasn't And I don't mean you of, per se, but was anything like, like the, any of the students or yourself said, like, oh yeah, that's pretty interesting, I want, actually, what will the governor say here to this question or this concern? Yeah, was, I mean, it was mostly him just hearing their perspectives. Yeah, so okay. there were not any, you know, he didn't get any like- It was like a school board meeting, the, the school board can't comment on the, <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> No, I mean, he wanted to know, uh, he sort of explained, you know, what this, what this legislation would look like, um, again, affirmed his commitment to protecting access to abortion, um, and just wanted to hear from them about how that would impact them and their perspectives. Okay. 608-785-7914 is the text line. Um, aside from the governor roundtable, we're going to talk about some training that, is it Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin is having tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Where is that training happening? Well, anybody who registers will receive that location. Oh, okay. Safety I got you. and security. Okay. Good. Okay. And we'll talk about that after the break here. But um, getting back to to what happened in the in the state capitol last week with the, uh, I would say the Republicans proposing a 14-week abortion ban. Uh, before that, like we said, there was a 175-year-old abortion ban. And right now, the 20-week abortion ban is kind of in place. And I think that was created in the 80s. And I know I've talked to to. Is it the, when you you kind of helped me get her on the Planned Parenthood, like exec, executive, right? It's CEO, Planned Parenthood yep. advocates of Wisconsin. But I, I remember asking her this, but I don't remember her answer. I remember her answer ish. I was like, oh yeah, okay, I should shut up. Um, but what is a good ban for abortions? What is a good week? Is there a good week? Like what what should do you have? Does Planned Parenthood go? This would be ideal. This is the thing. 
there is not there's there you know there's not a good abortion ban there's not a good limit to health care and and so and part of the the problem with trying to pin that down is that you know pregnancy is a very nuanced human condition and things happen at different points in pregnancy that you're not prepared for that you can't predict and so anywhere you draw you know draw a line um it the bottom line is that these are decisions that need to be made in exam rooms between patients and their healthcare providers and and whoever they choose to include in that decision you know their their partner their family their faith leader um, it's just not the place for politicians or even you or I to determine, you know, what healthcare people should have access to and when. And, and I think most of us would agree. We don't want politicians in the exam room with us. We should make that a requirement as part of the ban is the, the veterinarian that said he, because he looks at, <laughs> I should just play the clip. In fact, I, I will, I'll, I will play the clip. His name is Joel Kitchens. And this was part of the, like the, this was. I guess, is he trying to make a case that we need a 14-week abortion ban because of his expertise here? Is that kind of what <laughs> this was about? I'm not exactly sure what point. I, maybe uh, nobody was, knows was what the, what the <laughs> HU is talking about, but this is Joel Kitchens last week in, in terms of like, well, and I guess he's trying to fight for we should have a 14-week abortion ban in the state. We should get rid of it. But this is his argument in his, like he, because he's an expert. The question is whether abortion is health care. And if you believe that a fetus is a human life, then abortion is not health care. You know, in my veterinary career, I did thousands of, of ultrasounds on animals, you know, uh, determining pregnancy and that kind of thing. So I think I know mammalian fetal development better than probably anyone here. And in my, in my mind, there's absolutely no question that's a life. And I, th I think the science backs me up on that. But this is really a moral question, and I recognize that not everybody's going to that's in here is going to agree with me. And if I had the oratorical skills of Lincoln, I still wouldn't change a single mind over there. But you don't. Also, I just like this part right here, right? Like this little. You know, in my veterinary career, I did thousands of, of ultrasounds on animals. And they're right here. He's like, you know. Uh uh, uh, what did I just say out loud? Did I? Okay, well, I've already started going down this path. So, but, but I was making the, the joke there is mammalian fetal development. And he's an expert because he is a vet or a former vet and he worked on, he did ultrasounds on animals and therefore he should be determining whether or not women, w w when and when women should have not be able to have abortions. And that's the argument there is like, okay, so did you just compare women to animals? And, and I, I yeah. do you hear that and get just infuriated, laugh, eye roll? It's, you typical. know, it's fun to be compared to a farm animal. Um, it's <laughs> well, it could be a, it could be a pet too. I it think, could. That, you know. and you know, I guess the bottom line is that if my, if my dog or cat is sick, I'm going to call my veterinarian. And if a member of my human family has a healthcare need, I'm going to talk to a a medical doctor who treats humans. And I think that's probably true for most of us that we receive, um, we humans receive our health care from doctors who treat humans and not from veterinarians. Yeah, veterinarians who claim to be the expert then in the room. Like he claimed to be the expert in the room because he was, because he's looked at ultrasounds of, of animals. 
Um, I think every time you go to the doctor now, you should just ask them about mammalian fetal development. I think that's and just see if they know. Like, yes, I heard that, Joelle. You know, Joelle, I, 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 we don't need to talk about that. Anyway, um, when we come back, we're going to talk about this training that's happened tomorrow. Some other things, too. That On Friday, Black Professionals Network is having an event. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit and maybe some more mammalian fetal development talk. I thought it was a broken record at first. Doing all Taylor Swift because everyone's triggered about Taylor Swift. So I'm just going to do all of Taylor Swift songs for the until the Super Bowl. That's what I should do. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Joelle Striebel is hanging out in studio. Did I do Stribel earlier? I feel like I might have accidentally. I, I haven't screwed it up yet. Uh, she is the public affairs regional coordinator for Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin. We're going to talk about uh, some training that they're having tomorrow in a minute but before that i was driving in and i keep apples in my car because it's kind of cold out and um the, I, so I, i'm gonna eat an apple in the car but there's a sticker on it pull the sticker off but the sticker's very sticky and i pull it off and then i'm like Ugh. and i don't have i don't like i don't know what to do i'm in my car so i just did the wipe it on my pants thing can you do that is that still a thing because i feel like if your kid do you, are you telling your kid go wash the apple or are you just like, whatever, just because I'm in my head. I'm like, OK, what was on that sticker? Because I'm going to be eating it or it's I'm going to wipe some of it. Also, then what are we? Sp- it wasn't an organic apple. So what are we, as a society, we're spraying our apples to keep them preserved or to keep bugs off them. Is wiping it off on my pants going to be good enough? Probably not. But I'm just going to pretend it is. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you would know better than I, like, if what's on the sticker is more scary than what's on your pants. I don't know. Right, yeah, what's worse? Maybe don't wipe it off on your pants, Rick. Just wipe it off on the ground. You'd be better, be more clean that way. Um, yeah, so it was the dilemma that I, I, I had to solve driving in today, and we'll see. We'll see how I do in the long run with this uh, apple a day, except when you don't wash it off properly and wipe it on dirty pants. <laughs> 608-785-7914 is a talk and text line. Uh, we're going to talk about this training that's coming up tomorrow in lacrosse. In a, it's in lacrosse, right? It is it's in lacrosse, okay. yep. In lacrosse in a minute. But we do have John calling in. John, you have a, a question for Joella? Yeah, Joella. I was wondering, in oh, the wait. healthcare office... Hold, John, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You have to put these on. Sorry. Oh, I forgot about the headphones. I, I there we go. Oh, it's like untangling a fishing line. All right, John, go ahead. Yeah. In the healthcare office, does uh, first do no harm as the first clause, and it doesn't matter if it's a fetus still in the womb; it is still a life. How do you justify killing a baby uh, or a fetus if in the healthcare office says first do no harm? All right, thanks for the question. What is he called? The healthcare what? What is he saying there? The um, it's the oath. There's a Hippocratic oh, oath. oath um, I think that's the right word um, that healthcare providers take to do no harm, and okay. um, it's an interesting point that that he raised because one of the things that we actually heard from healthcare providers was that they felt. Um, so I'm not a healthcare provider myself, um, so I, I can't answer that from the perspective of a healthcare provider in terms of an oath that I've personally taken. Um, but we, what we heard from healthcare providers was that the these bans actually compromise their ability to. Um, to hold up that oath because they were causing harm to their patients by not being able to provide a full range of reproductive health care services that they may need um, for a variety of reasons. And so, you know, again, uh, 
we don't want politicians in our exam rooms. These are decisions that are made between patients and their healthcare providers, and that's where they belong. Yeah, do no harm is pretty wide ranging. Like what kind of harm? Physical, mental, and then who's the harm being done to? Because there's a mother involved in this whole situation. You could say there's even a father, but uh, it, so when she comes in, like whatever act, whatever access she needs or healthcare she needs to be provided. If you're withholding some of that, now you're essentially doing harm to her, whether it's physical or mental. Um, is that one of those questions that you get a lot when people talk to you about this or that's not one I've heard before, you know, in a, the, you know, that's kind of an interesting angle to take. It's, we're going to go, we're going to do walk the line of healthcare providers and this is their oath. I don't know if they slap that when they walk into the hospital, if it's on top of the door, when they walk in like Notre Dame play like a champion. Um, but okay. So is that, so you're having this training tomorrow. Can you, mm-hmm. is this part of what the training is? So the training tomorrow, it's called the conversational approach training. Um, we actually, we had a, a virtual version of it online last night as well. Um, okay. And so Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin uses what we call the conversational approach. Um, our staff is all trained in this and we also offer it to volunteers and supporters and anyone who wants to be a champion for reproductive health and rights. And so the basis of the training is, you know, how do you talk about these issues, which are issues that many, if not most people have some mixed feelings about, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, none of these issues are black and white, you know? And so, um, these are things that are complicated. They are topics that depending on, you know, how you were raised might be really stigmatized. You know, some people are raised that, you know, you do not talk about sex. You do not talk about abortion. Um, and so people, one of the questions that actually came up in that roundtable last week was a young woman who said, how do we talk to people about this? You know, how do we, um, when somebody thinks that Planned Parenthood is just an abortion clinic, you know, how, what do we say? How do we do that? And so, you know, what, what you don't do is get into a debate because when you are in a debate, you know, you're both just, just like doubling down on your own position. You're really not trying to listen you know, or, or come alongside someone or, or like move together on a topic. And so it's about having conversations that are respectful, um, that are, you know, being a good listener to understand where someone's coming from and how they've arrived at the perspective they have and really keying into our shared values and what as divisive as the political climate sort of is When we boil it down to values, most of us share really common values. You know, we want our families to be safe. We want our children to have opportunities. We want our communities to be safe. We might have different ideas about how we get there. We might have different ideas about what that looks like. But it's like, can we we start with, we want people to be safe. We want people who need health care to access health care. We don't want politicians making decisions about our health care. And, and that is a bipartisan position, even though it's talked about differently. But there's, you know, people who have perspectives about wanting to take um, medications that that veterinarian probably is very much an expert in prescribing. And they want to take those for themselves. And they don't want politicians telling them that they can't, right? Um, so we agree on a lot of those basic things. And it's also thinking about, like, who, who do we prioritize when we think about who we're having conversations with? So, you know, there's going, I'm fully prepared that like your comment sections might have some people in there that might have some names to call me or things to say about the work I do that, 
you know, won't be very kind. And they have every right to say and do those things, but they're not going to be effective at like bringing me over. Right. right. They're, they're not going to be like, wow, boy, now that that person called me a name, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. You know, well, the, the basis of the debate too, like if you want to just grind it down to like one thing when it comes to abortion is people that are pro-life think you're killing a baby mm-hmm. at any point, right? Like it's murder to them. And then on the other side, you know, that's, that's a gray area, right? Like it's, we're, we're probably looking at the health of the mother and then eventually, like it, eventually this fetus turns into, if it's a fetus or whatever, like whatever the blob is at the beginning turns into. So, but that's kind of the basis is one side thinks all of it is murder and the other side doesn't. And, and that's kind of like the hardest, the, the hardest part to, to start from, I guess. And it's really, it's really, I would say it's not like one side versus the other though, because there's a lot of nuance in it. And right. so there's a lot of people. That's why I said we're grinding it down to the base. Yeah, you know, but like, yeah, you're right, but, like, but you can't. And that's, and that's sort of the point. But, and, and so this, you know, this, this is like, that def- we, this is like defining homelessness. There's people, they're homeless. And they're all drug addicts. And it's like, well, no, like <laughs> there's sure. so many, there's 9,000 different angles to, to homelessness. And there's, there's 9,000 different angles to this as well. Right. Right. And so the, the, the training that we're doing um, tomorrow and that we, you know, we offer this regularly is just about like, how do you have these conversations? Who do you have them with? Cause it's, it's, you know, we, one of my co-trainers uh, talks about uh, her, her uncle Paul. And she's like, this is like not going to work with my uncle Paul who, I could say the sky is blue and he would be like, well, let me play devil's advocate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try to have this conversation with a protester outside of our health center. Right. Um, these are conversations for people who are like, you know, I support Planned Parenthood mostly, but I'm not really sure about the abortion thing. I don't know how I feel about that. Right. Or um, I'm a, I, I think that uh, comprehensive sex education is a good thing, uh, but I'm not so sure about, you know, this aspect of it. And I think maybe kids are too young for that part of it. Well, and you throw that out, right? Because that's in the legislature again, or or maybe it will be comprehensive sex education. It is, or, yeah. Like yeah. Wisconsin doesn't do that. Can you explain well, that a little bit? Sure. So um, last week, I might have to refer to my notes here because there's like dates involved. No, it's fine. I, I don't always like remember those. The hel- it's called the Healthy Youth Act. I think it was yes. reintroduced last week. I don't know how it was reintroduced because a lot of times – uh, bills get introduced and no, and they just get ignored and they don't even get a committee hearing. So I don't even know where we're at there. Right. So this, um, the Healthy Youth Act was actually originally passed in 2009. Um, and this was um, legislation that required comprehensive, medically accurate, um, age-appropriate, trauma-informed um, sex education okay. in, our, in our schools. And um, that was repealed by Governor Walker in 2011, um, and, and he had a preference for abstinence-only um, education. And so this act was reintroduced last week by Senator Agard, and um, again, it, it just would make the norm comprehensive, evidence-based um, you know, Which is medically sex accurate sex education um, so that young people have all of the information they need to make responsible decisions and to understand how their bodies work. And um, which, which could be getting back to your training. Another debate is like we shouldn't have sex education in schools. I will tell my kid his sex education or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a debate. It, it would. It would be a debate. Something yeah. <laughs> you would, well, something you could, like when it comes to that training, that might be, right. a, a, if you're, I don't know if you're role-playing, 
Uh, but that might be something you would do tomorrow. Sure. And, and you know, I actually, uh, one of my children is is currently um, currently having their, their, I think they call it human growth and development. You know, um, he's in fifth grade, so it's mm-hmm. the basics, right? And, of course, you know, his mother works at Planned Parenthood, so it's not a, like a new topic for him. Um, but before that topic started, you know, a letter came home that said, hey, here's what we're going to be talking about. If you have questions or concerns, please reach out, you know, from his teacher. And so... Parents do have, um, I feel like I'm going a little left field here, but, you know, parents do have opportunities to opt out of things that, mm-hmm. that if they feel strongly that their kids shouldn't be learning about that in, in public school, there's also, there are alternatives to public school, which is a whole different um, discussion. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the the more information and knowledge people have, the safer they can be in, as they make decisions for themselves as young people navigating a really complicated world. 608-785-7914 is the talk text line. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. What would have been funny, Joella, is if we would have just came up with a bunch of just these role-playing. I don't know if you're doing – are you doing role-playing as part of the thing tomorrow? There's is a little that, bit is of a little bit of that. Yeah. It just seems like, like examples would be good just to kind of get a feel of it, but also like the examples – there's so many examples. Like you would never be able to role-play enough to get all the questions – uh, and, and Joel Striebel is the public affairs regional coordinator for Planned Parent Advocates in Wisconsin. She works out of the Lacrosse Clinic and a clinic. Is it a clinic? Is health that center. Health yep. center. Um, and it, there are two texts, and we got a caller waiting on hold. Just hold tight. We got two texts, and and the first one said, "Hi, Rick. Uh, can I volunteer with Planned Parenthood? How do I sign up? Is that a thing? Can that absolutely do that? is a thing. And um, folks can check out the website." www.ppawi.org. There's a, a, a spot there where you click like get involved and you can sign up there to volunteer. And then um, one of us will get in touch with you to talk about what your interests are and how you want to get involved. Okay. And then somebody else asks a uh, question for Planned Parenthood lady. That's you. That's me. Uh, I can't get to the clinic and need to see the doc. What can I do? Oh, that a great question. Actually, um, when uh, you know the the pandemic came down upon us, Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin began offering telehealth services. So there's actually quite a few um, ways to be able to see one of our health, our healthcare providers from the comfort of your own home, and you would make those appointments at ppwi.org. Okay. And we're not a, I'm not a healthcare professional. So if you need to see the doc, you know, maybe call, you know, there's, there's a whole different, go to the hospital. Yes, if it's an (laughs) emergency, if it's an emergency, then, you know, definitely 911 can provide some transportation for you. All right. Joe's calling in. We'll go back to the phones here. Joe, you're on with Joel. You got a question? Yeah. So I think where a lot of people have an issue with Planned Parenthood, you know, Planned Parenthood's great if it's, if it's setting up ways to prevent pregnancies, great. I think where a lot of people have an issue is this idea of, and I know we have to have science, but there's an idea that Planned Parenthood is a fetal tissue supply. And here's where the problem with a lot of that comes in. I think you probably saw this lately in the news. Uh, fetal tissue in the 80s was used for the stem cells uh, in people that were born with uh stunted growth and they would inject these stem cells into these people from fetal tissue from cadavers from things like that and they found out that there was a huge rise of crutchfeld jacobs disease which is basically mad cow in brains from prions so the idea i think that people are mad at planned parenthood is they see it as a facilitator for these stem cells and this fetal tissue rather than 
a entity to prevent pregnancy. It's more of a let's harvest the pregnancy from minorities and things like that. The tissue, uh, let's 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 harvest this less paid attention to uh, minority group. We'll fool them into it's okay not to have per, uh, pregnancy prevention. We want your fetal tissue. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong with Planned Parenthood. All right, thanks. Joe, Joella, you got anything? <laughs> I would agree that that is um, a, a way that people go wrong uh, with Planned Parenthood and that, that that's not what Planned Parenthood does. That seems um, like a deep dive to me. And I don't think, I think most people are like, Planned Porn- Parenthood provides abortions. Raw, I don't like that. But Joe's, right. Joe's deep diving into some, uh, oh, I don't, I don't even know about, I, I guess, a ton of that. I, I've heard some of that stem cell yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've. I've heard some of that, you know, and it's, there's, well, boy, there's just, there's a lot there. Um, well, here's <laughs> the thing is when you're doing the role playing tomorrow during the training, that probably isn't going to come up. It <laughs> like might, it's not well, going to be one of the, that's a very now. specific <laughs> avenue to, to walk down. It is. And, you know, the, the first thing that Joe said was like, it's all well and good, the work that's done to prevent pregnancy and, and right. provide that preventative well, healthcare, which well, is the you know, the majority of what Planned Parenthood health centers do. I think at the end where he said Planned Parenthood is out there to fool you into giving, I, what, what, I, I might be misconstruing here, giving you the fetus so that they can use it for stem cell, whatever. Uh, like, okay, well, that's not what Planned Parenthood, <laughs> I, I won't speak for it, but are you trying to fool people into giving us your fetuses? Uh, no, or, it, that's, that's, it's, it's honestly hard to even, um, kind of comprehend how that comes to be a, um, a thing that people believe, you know, the, the healthcare providers are in our, in, in our health centers are, are professional healthcare providers. You know, they, um, talk people through all of the various options for whatever their situation may be, whether that's a, a pregnancy or whether that's an STI, you know, they're, uh, whenever I receive healthcare, I'm given options. You know, I've, I've never had a doctor tell me this is what's going on. This one thing is the thing that you must do. Okay. And so that is, again, it just comes back to healthcare decisions are made between patients and healthcare providers. Yeah. Okay. So last thing, uh, just got real quick here. You have the training. How do people sign up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, People can go, we actually have a, a Facebook group. Um, if folks are on Facebook, there's a Western Wisconsin Planned Parenthood Supporters Facebook group, and there's information in there on how to register for the training tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do offer, we will be offering these trainings regularly. So people can um, get signed up at ppawi.org to get on our email list and then get involved with future trainings and that sort of thing as well. Is it one of them like it's like we we're set for tomorrow? We have a pretty good group set for tomorrow. Okay. If somebody signed up tonight, I could still probably uh, make sure there's enough pizza there for them, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, thanks. That's jo- Joella Striebel. She is the Public Affairs Regional Coordinator for Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin. Thanks, Joelle. Thanks, Rick. All right. That's going to wrap it up. I might just rant and rave on my own tomorrow unless I find someone to come on. But thanks, everybody, for listening, texting, and calling.